0: Good evening, the sun is rising, and this is quietly yours. Welcome back, this is the fifth and final part of our special mini-series, Fragments. Now that we know the truth, where do we go from here? Stay tuned. But before we get started, I just want to remind you that Quietly Yours is on Patreon, which is the best way to support the show if you're enjoying it. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month and there's some fun stuff up for grabs including a shout-out on the show, behind-the-scenes content, and even some exclusive merch with our top-tier. You can find all that at patreon.com slash yours if you'd like to sign up. With all that said, let's jump into the conclusion of Fragments. This episode is called Shadow Man. I was 10 when I first created The Shadow Man. I know exactly when it was, because it was the night of my granddad's funeral. I started writing a lot that year. That's where it all started, really, and he never failed to encourage me. But then he died and I came home and I created The Shadow Man. I drew pictures of him, lots of them, happy scenes, normal stuff, and then this big black hole in every one, well, that really worried my dad, and that's how I wound up in therapy for the first time, I don't think it did me any good though, everything she would ever say to me was sanitised. Like she didn't think I was really able to comprehend any of what was happening. As though I hadn't been through this once before. I don't think euphemisms help children as much as people think they do. Mud doesn't become syrup just because you put cinnamon on it. I'd rather people just tell it how it is. People die. Their bodies fail. And they die. And then they're gone. That's it. That's all there is to it. Why try and cover it up with nonsense about heaven or living on in the stars? I get it. It's to protect them. Cushion them from the hard things that this world has to offer, but... The hard things are going to happen whether you like it or not. And they're going to have to accept them. But how can they accept what they were never taught to understand? I'm in the kitchen again, stood at the window, staring out at the dried up fountain, and he's here, standing behind me in the corner of the room. The fountain means... something. It must do. I used to think that everything here was random and meaningless. But I don't think that's true. Everything is here for a reason. I know that now. And so is that fountain. But why? Is it a sign? Maybe that is my direction, my way out. Or not. I could be talking out of my ass. But what else have I got to go on at this point, so I don't hesitate any longer? I turn, I leap forward, and I run, past the shadow man, out of the kitchen, and down the hallway towards the front doors, but I reach them, and they're locked. I pull at them, I hit, I kick, but it doesn't work, and now I can feel them, his wispy black arms reaching out and wrapping around me. I don't remember what I thought when I was a kid. I suppose I probably believed in some kind of heaven. Most people do, at least when they're little. I think I believed in ghosts, when I was a little older. Or maybe it's just that I was a horror fan. (laughs) No surprise there, right? I grew up to write about them, but... No. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in anything like that. Amazing as the human mind might be, I think it's nothing more than electrochemical impulses that happen to bump into each other at just the right time. And then when you die, that's it. Organic matter, fading away, recycled into the earth. That scared me for so long, but now I think it's not so bad, not really. I wake up in the bedroom, I'm alone, there's no one here but me, in fact, there's nothing here. The wardrobe has gone, the dresser has vanished, it's just me, the bed, and the shadow man in the corner. I squeeze, but my hand won't move. I put every little bit of energy into it, but nothing. I can see him growing. In the corner of my eye, his dark pulsating aura slowly spreading outwards and I can't move a muscle, but I've done this a thousand times, I've moved, I've stood, I've got up and walked out that door. I didn't do this so many times to give up now, so I keep squeezing until my fist, Finally clenches, and then I pull up the immense weight of my arm. I kick out. I push myself aside with all my strength, leveraging my weight and using it to toss myself over the edge of the bed and onto the cold floor below. He's getting close now, and there's no time to stop. I reach out, grab the floor, I pull myself forwards, one arm and then the other, like swimming through thick, immovable custard, until finally I'm at the door. I reach for the door handle, but it's too late, and I'm pulled into the shadow man's embrace. I don't think I'd like to be cremated. It seems destructive. You may be gone, but your memories are still there, locked away in chemical bonds like an organic photo album. It seems a shame to reduce that to smoke and ash. I'd prefer to rot, to be taken back into the ground For my energy to be reclaimed, to feed the flowers that grow on the surface, and to know that when all recollection of my time on Earth has dissolved away to atoms, they became something beautiful. I'm in the car now. The old Ford Cortina, parked on the gravel driveway. <laughs> it's like my mind is playing with me. I check the back through the rear view mirror. It's empty, thank god. I twist the ignition and put the car in gear and then I drive. That's all. I don't know how far. I don't know how long for. Hours, at least. But the scenery never changes. The house fades away behind me. Lost to the fog. But the path continues. A straight line forward, with seemingly no end. And there's always the fog. Half a mile or so out in front of me. And after all these hours, the tank runs dry and the car sputters to a stop. I look out through the windshield, and it's the same. The same view I've been looking at for the past, God knows how many hours. Behind me, the same. An endless outstretch of gravel path disappearing into thick gray. Well, I've come this far. I get out of the car, and I begin to walk. Continuing in the same direction. A straight line, off into the distance. I try to guess how many miles it's been. But there's really no point. I can't gauge it at all. It's been a while though, now. How long exactly? 10 hours? 15 hours? 20? It's been so long my feet are hot and blistered. My legs ache, and scream, and my vision is blurred. It's been so long that I can't possibly continue any further, and I fall to my knees. I don't want to stop, because I know he's back there, following me. I crawl forward, maybe only a few meters, before my body just gives up, and I fall flat on my face. And then I feel his hand slither up my back and everything goes dark again. It's easier when your body fails. Not pleasant, but easier. You have a broken leg or a weakened heart or a burrowing cancer. Something you can see or visualize. Something you can fight. But when it's not your body that hurts, what can you do? There's no wound to patch up, no infection to treat. The bruises are there, but they're all invisible. It's hard to understand what's happening to you when you can't see it. You feel helpless. Powerless. All you can do is lie there, feeling your soul slowly rot. Lie there while it gets worse and worse. Until you've got no choice but to open yourself up and let the rotten stuff flow out. I'm in the saloon, and so is he. The two of us on opposite ends of the room like cowboys in a showdown. Me, a sharpshooter, and him, a vaporous, metaphysical embodiment of fear and dread, (sighs) standard, I turn away toward the double doors of the saloon, doors which, I notice, don't swing anymore. I head through them, and out onto the street, and out there, the townspeople are back, all of them, stood in one, long, single-file line that stretches down the length of the main street. And at the end of that line, tied to a post, is a chestnut brown horse. (sighs) You've got to be kidding me. We're riding for... I don't know how long. By this point, I've stopped even trying to count. But we can't go on forever. At least... She can't, anyway. I climb down. She's clearly exhausted. And, sure enough, drops to a lying position as soon as she's free of my weight. I feel guilt for a second before I remind myself that she isn't real. None of this is. But I have to go on. So I do. I walk for as long as I can through the endless desert. The town is long since gone and I'm surrounded by nothing but dead plains and the occasional tumbleweed. Funny, that. (laughs) Tumbleweed tend to come in groups, but we still picture them, alone against a barren backdrop. It's getting darker and darker the further I go from the town. By now it's the dead of night. And it's cold. So cold. I continue on for as long as I can, but eventually my hands and feet go numb my arms and legs seize up and I have no choice but to lie down and rest. And then, he comes. I'm in the kitchen, looking out through the window again, out at the dead fountain festering with time The shadow man is behind me I don't understand Nothing works No matter how far I run I can't get away I always end up back here Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm not supposed to run. After all, that's what I've been doing my whole life. And it doesn't seem to have gotten me anywhere. Maybe the only way out is through. Who said that? (laughs) I don't know. Just another name lost in my memory. Out in the garden, the fountain splutters to life. A steady stream of crystal clear water flowing into the shallow pool at the bottom, washing away the dirt and the moss. My very own River Jordan. I turn to face the shadow man, and I step forward And then, I feel something brush against my arm. And then a small hand slides into mine, standing beside me. Dylan. I turn to my other side, and there stands my mother. The bandages are gone. She looks exactly as I remember her. And she moves now. She smiles. She takes my hand. I see now that none of this was a punishment. It was a reminder. A reminder to myself. Not of the things I've lost. But of the things I had. How lucky am I. To have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. <laughs> well, I know that one. A.A. A. Milne. Winnie the Pooh. I think I understand now. That you don't get to pick and choose. You can't take the good parts of life and pretend that the bad parts aren't happening. It's not about making sure the sand lands in the right place. It's about learning to embrace the wind. Who said that? I don't know. Maybe that one was just me. I move closer to the Shadow Man. Close enough that his black aura completely fills my field of vision. It's time to wake up and leave this place behind. It's time to stop running. Ben, my name is Ben. And I step inside. And there you have it. Fragments was an interesting break from our usual format, and it was fun to experiment a little. The release schedule was... quite messed up, as my life has been a little crazy over the past few weeks, as has everyone's in every corner of the globe. We're living in strange times, and I hope quietly yours, even in spite of our shaky release schedule, has been a nice little distraction for you. I know a lot of our listeners are living in California, or Texas, which are going through particularly hard times right now. I hope you're all staying safe out there, and I hope life will be back to normal soon. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review on whichever app you listen to us through, or share the show with your friends, online, however you please. Every little helps, and the more we grow the more time and money we can spend on bringing the show to you more often and with higher quality and as i said if you can afford to support us directly you can do so at patreon.com/quietlyyours if you're able to do so of course but that's all for now so until next time i am quietly yours And you are quietly mine.